Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my podcast. Quinn David Furness presents the Bean Town Podcast for Sunday, November 3rd, 2019. What's going on? How are you? What's happening? Coming at you a little bit late this weekend. That's because I changed time zones twice. It's daylight savings time. I tell you what, you add daylight savings time ending on top of jet lag, and it's just, I don't, I, I don't know what time it is. Well, I do because I'm looking at the clock, but I don't know what time it is. It's sunset outside, but it feels like it's the middle of the night. Uh, I think they might speak a different language here. If you're curious, I'm in Oregon, which is part of the contiguous uh, 48 states, but it's really its own separate deal, you know, kind of like Florida or Provo. Uh, We're out here for work and then going to bop over and see the parents and... uh, uh, sister, thank you to Sister Abigail Furness for coming on the podcast last week and giving us some good uh, Halloween tips and advice and some fun crafts you can do with the family. Uh, we're actually going to continue that theme. Uh, the The focus of today's podcast is um, scary, not scariest movies of all time, but movies that have really scared the crap out of me. Um, and it's going to be a short list. There's probably only five or six movies on there. Uh, look, obviously there are, and we'll get into this in a little bit. Obviously there are, you know, hundreds of super scary movies, so I'm not going to be able to please everyone. Not the first time I've had that problem. Uh, but what you're just going to see here is a little insight into some movies that have really scared me quite a bit and they're not all straight horror movies because the nice thing uh about thrillers and uh uh, well a lot of these are horror thriller some action in there uh you don't have to just have horror slasher to be scary and i don't have any slasher movies uh on my list as far as i can remember uh what's important to know when you're listening to this podcast is that listener discretion is advised number one We'll occasionally use some questionable language, some spooky language, uh, if you will. Uh, and I actually, I was writing a fantasy football note about this the other day about how Halloween, not only has it become you know such a huge holiday in the U.S., and I don't know just how modern that is, but it feels like in the last you know, 10, 15 years, it's really taken off. Now, it's tough for me to judge because we didn't celebrate Halloween uh, as, as kids, so I'm not sure, you know, from like the mid to late nineties up until the mid two thousands. I don't, before I had much of a grasp on popular culture, I don't know exactly how big it was, but it's big now. Uh, and I was saying in my, in my note that I was writing that it just seems to go on forever and ever. It's kind of like a warm up to, uh, Thanksgiving or something, right? Cause that's always a, a four day weekend. And oftentimes people spend five days or six days there. So that's like a week long thing. Halloween's like a week long thing, right? Cause people celebrate their parties, uh, the weekend before then Halloween actually happens. It was on a Thursday this year. And I kind of thought, you know, that would be the end of it, but I got more in terms of like social media content, um, that I was, consuming and that I was viewing from friends uh I got more like Halloween parties and action on the back half uh on the second weekend so just this weekend that's ending right now the the amount of Instagrams and Snapchats and stuff from uh you know Friday night and Saturday night of this weekend compared to last weekend was crazy um I guess I missed the boat on that I I assumed that it would be the weekend before that was a big thing uh, I'm not sure. Well, well, next year we won't have to worry about it too much because I believe Halloween 2020 is on a uh, 
a Saturday, I believe, because 2020 is a leap year, so we're skipping a day. Usually it just advances to the next day of the week, but we'll skip it on a Friday, which is a shame. Uh, and in a similar vein, my birthday this upcoming year skips being on a Sunday, which is a very, like, childish thing to be upset about. But it's also just kind of like, you know, it would be a good opportunity to get, like, a casual drink or something i don't know um number two the podcast is objectively terrible uh although it is objectively spooky uh to relate what i the story i was just telling about halloween seemingly going on for so long back to the podcast yes we are doing a second uh spooky installment because uh, last week we had uh hashtag sister of the podcast abby furnace on to uh talk about halloween and this week we're not explicitly talking about Halloween, but we are talking about scary movies. So um, it's exciting. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a holiday that's consumed two consecutive week uh, po- or, or weekly podcasts, but we're going to do it today. Um, I'm, I mentioned I'm here in Oregon. I'm here for work, uh, working here tomorrow, and they're going to see some family uh, in the middle of the week, and then actually got to fly all the way from Oregon to Boston, coast to coast, kids. Um, that man, this whole trip, Chicago to Seattle, to Eugene, to Redmond, to Salt Lake, to Boston. I think I connect in Cleveland, and then Chicago is where I finish up. I was in Cleveland. Uh, oh man, when was that? I was just in Cleveland. What day is it? It's Sunday the 3rd. Oh, I was in Cleveland on Thursday. No, Friday night. I spent spent an hour Friday night in the Cleveland airport. Tell you what, that's not where you want to be. Um, although I will I will say this for all the hate I give to Cleveland. Their airport is solid. And I got in there. I was on a layover trying to get home from D.C. Um, I got there and it was, you know, 8 o'clock at night or something. And it was pretty dead, which I really appreciated. Because Reagan, where I left from, was just an absolute madhouse if you ever been to uh oh boy i don't remember the name of the terminal or how the terminals are divided there but my gate was 35x right so there's you know just normal numberings it goes up to like 36 so you walk all the way down uh to the end of this this terminal and you see 35 36 and then there's 35x and there's escalators down into the basement that you have to take to get there so it's really this dungeony kind of place and you go down and it's just like uh, the escalator kind of comes down into the middle of the room and then all around it. Um, well, at one side, no, it's like employee stuff. The other side is gates. I think there's five or six of them. But there's not a lot of seating, not a lot of outlets. It's really crammed because, you know, they got um, five or six gates down there, but they probably have the average seating for about two gates. Uh, and then when you are, when it is finally time to board, you uh you got to take a bus so I, i'm you know this was friday i worked in arlington uh, i had flown out there late thursday night uh work in arlington friday morning had to get back to chicago because i was working in chicago on saturday morning um so yeah if you're if you're scoring at home we're talking like a 24-hour trip um less than that even i was i was physically in dc arlington for like 20 hours um so I'm at, you know, the, the, uh, speaking of spooky things, gate 36 X at Reagan international airport, DCA, that, that was pretty spooky. Um, flight gets delayed and then, um, they're, you know, calling people and I, I hate this. Sometimes you get this where you check in online and they're like, we're not able to print your boarding pass right now. So just print at the airport. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. It's usually not a problem. So I go, I print at the, the kiosk for American airlines, uh, 
and they give me the uh, you know it's not my boarding pass it's just your thing to get through security so get your boarding pass at um, uh, at, at the gate which is just like ugh, this is a pain in the butt I got my boarding pass from Cleveland to Chicago no problem but trying to get my boarding pass from DCA to Cleveland is a whole uh, production apparently uh, even though you know I bought this ticket three months ago hate when this happens I don't know why it happens maybe if there's anybody out there who works for the airlines the big airline companies I'm thinking United Spirit Delta uh, American Frontier Alaska JetBlue Pan Am the Wright Brothers anybody chime in send us an email beantownpodcast at yahoo.com against beantown b-a-n-t-n podcast at yahoo.com or tweet at us we're at beantowncast um, to just figure out what what's going on because so I go up to this gate, uh, you know, before they're boarding. I'm like, hey, told me to come here to get my boarding pass. And he's like, um, yeah, we're not going to be able to do anything for you until we see how many seats we have, which is just fun. You know, it's a fun thing to hear. Uh, and, you know, externally, I'm, you know, the same calm demeanor because, you know, no one airports are just a hellscape. Um, so I'm not going to add to that. I'm just going to, you know keep my head down and listen to instructions that sort of thing because i just want to get home um it's a friday night and and all that jazz uh but i'm like what like what what is this um just want a ticket and i want to make sure i'm on this plane because if i didn't get that flight i boy i was up shit crick without a paddle apologies for the french uh and so everyone's boarding and i'm just standing there like a dummy because i still don't have a boarding pass and then after everyone has um, gone out to the door to get on this bus that apparently we're supposed to get on to take you to the planes, um, then they call up one person, and it's not me, and they give him a board pass. He goes on. They call up another person, uh, and now there's like four of us standing there, and then they call me up. I'm the third person. There's three people left behind that didn't get boarding passes which is just seems like a really shitty thing to do. Um, again, I don't, I've never worked for an airline. No one in my family ever has, so I don't really understand how this works. But, like, you know, it's not like we're flying standby or something. It's like, how many seats do you have available? No, I, I mean, I bought this ticket three months ago. Like, like I did for, I fly, I average, you know, three, four flights a week on average. I mean... I, I buy buy these all at the same time. Why is it a problem in this one and not on others? I don't know. Maybe it's because I didn't pay the extra two hundred percent for the um, business class, first class, prime member upgrade, something like that. Uh, so I walk out to this bus, which the doors are still open, but it is chocked full of people, man. Because everybody from this one flight from DCA to Cleveland is on this bus. Uh, that's a lot of people. You know, there's like eighty of us or something like that on a bus. Um, it was not a pleasant experience. I felt like I was crowd surfing just on this bus. My, my bag, one of my bags was in one part of the bus. Another bag was in another part and I'm squeezing in and, you know, I'm on the road. So I, it's me hitting my gut here and I'm not gaining a ton of weight. Um, but I, you know, I'm certainly not losing any weight. So I take up some space, some critical mass, if you will. Uh, and then the bus ride, man, it's like 12 minutes because this bus is going super slow. I think we went down to like West Virginia or something just to get a plane. It was, it was nuts. Uh, finally get to, get to Cleveland, get to Chicago. Of course you get to, you land at O'Hare. It's like nine o'clock at night. I'm real tired. Long day. 
just want to get home knowing that I got to wake up in the morning to go go to work. Um, we land and then we taxi for an hour. Man, that was rough because you're so close. Uh, and knowing it's going to take you an hour to get home from the airport too. And it's just, that was tough. Uh, anyways, made it back, worked on Saturday and today's Sunday and woke up at about four this morning and, and flew out to Seattle, the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps, Washington, the natural state. And then, uh, long layover was supposed to be about three hours, uh, plane coming to Eugene at a flat tire, of course, and not the fun kind like beer, um, so we had to change that and then wait for a new plane, and I got to watch the Vikings blow the game uh, right at the end, which was just fun. It was really fun to watch. Like the band Fun, F-U-N, period, Nate Roos, and uh, Jack Antonoff. Is that the name of the guy who created Bleachers? Uh, I only learned about like I, I only learned about Jack Antonoff. I think that's his name. Apologies if it's not. Um, a couple of months ago, because I I was always asking. This is one of my big questions. Kind of like I, uh, one of the things I always say, like Free Blagojevich, or I've never seen, still never seen Men in Black. Is like what happened to the band Fun? Because um, they put out two albums. And they had like two huge songs, uh, and then you know that was in like high school and they just stopped making music well it's just like a project you don't really think of them as a band uh and now jack antonoff has another project called bleachers which is semi-active currently i think they also put out like two albums and had two really big songs um so just he's a big producer um he's not he's he's a musician obviously but he's more of a producer than anything else i think uh i i digest here though how did we get there fun oh it was fun um finally made it here uh the vikings lost but every so did everybody else in the nfc north uh the packers i didn't get to watch much of that game but man they uh i mean they didn't score a touchdown until there were five minutes left in the game uh i'm gonna have to you know read some columns and stuff to figure out what the heck happened in that game but uh i mean it's never easy to travel to the west coast and uh perform but like you don't expect Aaron Rodgers getting Devontae Adams back. That team is basically at full strength uh, to score. What did they? What did they put up? Eleven uh, against a Chargers defense that is fine, but like not you know not invincible. Um, I mean the Bears should have beat them. So yeah. Uh, b- before we get into some ads here, I do want to introduce you to my list here, so that I'm not just rambling and then ads and then we save all the good stuff for the end. Uh, so again, and and we'll keep this podcast pretty short because I need to find some dinner. Um, tired of airport food what's the deal with airport food can't do jerry seinfeld and that's okay because i i know myself uh so again this list that we're running through i'm looking looking at it uh i have six movies on this list so we'll do uh we'll do two of them uh and then we'll read the ads very quickly um and then we'll we'll do the last four uh but again these aren't uh this isn't quinn's official list of the scariest movies of all time uh these are just a list of six movies that have really scared the crap out of me and not none of them are super niche movies they're all fairly well known fairly popular except for maybe one of them that uh, I, I, I can guarantee you've heard of five of the six movies on this list. Maybe you have heard of the six. Maybe you haven't. If you're a big movie fan, you obviously will have. But um, it wasn't like a gigantic box office success. But that will be the first movie we get to after the ad break. See how I teased it out? Yeah, I'm getting good at this. Two years after starting the Beantown Podcast. And this is between our weekly episodes and our specials. This is uh, right at around episode 100. 
Uh, we'll, we'll do a little celebration when we get the actual weekly episode 100, which will happen right before Christmas, I think. I'll have to go check because there's 53 weeks in a year. So that would be, um, you know, two years would be 106. So it would be six years before the second or third week of January. So that should be the third week of the second or third week of December. So coming up in about a month here, um, we'll, we'll check in on that. Again, I digress. Um, these are movies that I watched. Uh, the youngest I was when I saw one of these movies, I was probably, you know, five. The uh, old, the the last movie I saw on this list, I don't even know. I was probably mm, 16, 17 or something. I got to check the date on one of these. It's that, that niche movie I was talking about. I got to see what year it was. Um, but these are just movies that I watched growing up that really scared the crap out of me. Um, and so if you're looking for a, a good movie for a spooky time of year, uh, maybe you check one of these out. You probably have seen a lot of them already. Um, again, a lot of them are pretty well-known movies. 2013 was in was when this one came out, so I would have been 18, and I think I watched it the year it came out. Uh, it would have been right around the time I was in finishing up high school. Uh, but let's jump right into the list here. First one is... Uh, a pretty old movie, but not the oldest one on the list. It's uh, very well known and very well regarded in the horror genre. It is The Exorcist. This is a movie I've only seen once, and it's the, the, it's a type of movie that's good enough to see multiple times, but scary enough to where I'm like, uh, I'm good because there's never going to be a situation where I'm just casually like, oh, you know what I would love to watch right now? The Exorcist classic. Um, it's really creepy. Uh, the makeup. The, the set design, the strong religious kind of, not even undertones because it's right in your face, but all that stuff is just very carefully crafted, um, very well acted, very sad too. Uh, it's a very sad ending to The Exorcist. Uh, and I haven't seen that movie for, I, I don't know, it was probably 13, 14 when I rented that from the library and saw it for the first time. So it's been over 10 years since I saw it. So I actually can't... Uh, can't talk about it too much. I just remember, and I'm not the type of person who gets extreme nightmares or anything like that, but I do remember uh, feeling very unsettled and very uncomfortable um, after watching that movie. Uh, and speaking of the religious undertones, there is another movie on this list that will get to that a little bit. It's the last one I have on my list. Uh, but as a quick, not even an honorable mention, because I didn't find it to be overly scary just a little unsettling i did watch the witch uh which was uh robert eggers first movie because the lighthouse just came out that was his second uh but the witch was his first which came out oh i don't know three two three years ago something like that um it has that anya taylor joy girl who you might know from ooh, what's the name of that uh thoroughbreds with olivia cook Loved that movie. That was fun. Anton Yelchin's last movie, Rest in Peace. Um, but that also, I mean, that's about 1630s New England. So there's a lot of religion and uh, Calvinism and stuff in that. Um, so The Exorcist, number one on the list. Number two we have, and this is my go-to. People always ask me, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? Uh, I, I, I always come back to this. It will never change. It's always going to be the same. It's a timeless film. It's Psycho. Not the Vince Vaughn remake, 
the original 1940, 1950, whatever year it was. Uh, it's just, man, it holds up. Um, I showed this to a girl I was going out with this past summer who said she'd never seen it. And it's just one of those, um, one of those extremely culturally significant movies, right? There are so many, um, references and stuff you can make to the movie and you can take from it. Uh, Psycho is very unsettling, very scary, even though it's, you know, it's black and white, no, the, uh, visual effects, the action sequences, they're not anything special. They're very, you know, much old timey, but the combination of the music, Hitchcock's cinematography, and then just the, the Anthony Perkins performance, unbelievable, uh, fantastic. I haven't seen Bates Motel. Uh, I don't know if you can just casually stream it anywhere online. It is the type of uh, TV series that I would be interested in spending some time getting into, uh, which is not something I say for most TV series that I hear that are good uh, because I like Psycho so much. And um, what's the what's the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory kid who's in it um, who plays you know Norman Bates? I think I would like it. And it's got Olivia Cook. See, we're coming full circle because I was just on her Wikipedia page because I like to check in uh, on her because she's one of my uh, celebrity crushes. Bates Motel has, uh, what, is this? what is this guy's name? Freddie Highmore, something like that. Uh, August Rush, that kid. Freddie Highmore, that sounds right. Uh, he's British. Um, but Psycho is fantastic. The ending, especially if you um, don't know the plot, the ending, some people figure it out beforehand, some people don't. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's I, I, I can watch that once a year and be entertained. Uh, it's only like 90 minutes, something like that. Uh, it moves very quickly. The beginning is, you know, the first act uh, before uh, proverbial shit hits the fan. Uh, it has so many red herrings and misdirections. You don't know which way it's going. So any chance I get to, to watch psycho with somebody and they haven't seen it before uh it's it's amazing um and i i can't say that for every hitchcock movie you know there are the classics uh and i thought about putting rear window on the list because that's that's a damn scary movie too and also just like you know it's in the summer it's hot it's very sweaty uncomfortable that's a very uh nerve-wracking movie um, his other, you know, critically super, you know, well-regarded ones, I don't find to be quite as scary across the board. Um, I still, you know, they're still great, but I don't find them to be as scary. The birds, I've never been as big a fan of the birds. Uh, it's scary. It's disturbing, but um, I don't know. I'm not that afraid of birds, you know. I, I eat them, you know. You give me Norman Bates, oh, I don't know what that guy's going to do next. I don't know what clothes he's going to be wearing. I don't know what, what weapon he's going to be brandishing. Brandishing, is that's a, that's a good word, man. Brandishing, B-R-A-N-D-I-S-H-I-N-G. Killing it on the spelling game. Uh, but that's Psycho. That's number two. Again, we got four coming at you after this ad read, uh, and I think you're going to like them. We're going to keep that list going. Let's read the ads real quick here. Uh, Home Pride, Oregon. You tight and and home field. We're we're in Oregon. This is great. Okay, everybody, listen up. 
you you could really benefit from this ad read. I'm telling you what, and we're going to make it special just for the Oregon listeners here because we're recording live from Oregon. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector time? Guys, we've all been there. Time to pay attention. Well, Oregon listeners, I got good news for you. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services, including things, you better write this down, like heating and plumbing, roofing, plumbing, heating and cooling, so much more. I messed that up. Don't even care. I'm going to plow right through it. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, and I put AND, A-N-D, in all caps so I know to emphasize it. So you know you're getting the good stuff time and time again. I added an extra phrase there to really tell you how serious I am. Uh, if you're tired of big real estate, hold, and God knows we all are on the home inspection market, and you got to have a certified home inspector that you can trust, you know who you got to call. His name's Steve. His number is 541-410-0316. He's my dad, and he built his own website. It's titled HomePrideOregon.com. Again, it's 541-410-0316, or just head on down to HomePrideOregon.com. HomePrideOregon Inspection Perfection. Mercy. Wow. That was uh that was excellent. Need a sip of water here. Gotta stay hydrated. I'll tell you what, I had some coffee at O'Hare this morning and then you go sit on a four and a half hour flight without water. That's rough on the bladder, man. Uh not the bladder, the the kidneys. Yeah. Go, you know, hobble to the uh to the bathroom at SeaTac. Can barely walk because you know you're cramped in there with your knees. Middle seat. Oh, I didn't mention this. Middle seat, four and a half hour flight. That's just fun, you know? It's just fun. Um and you you pee and it's like uh, like you struck gold or something. Watching the the color of the urinal change, man. I tell you what, that's a little TMI. Uh, shout out to the Samson Q2U series traveling on the road with us. Getting my water. Uh, the Samson Q2U series has not had to do as much traveling this fall recruitment season um, as in past years. Uh, which uh, is a direct result of me spending a lot more weekends at home this time around, which I do appreciate. But occasionally, uh, Samson QTU Sears will pull uh, double duty like we did last week when we had our sister on the podcast, or he'll come on the road with us. Uh, and we really do appreciate that. Thank you to Samson. Uh, the TV Guide story, don't have uh, any TV Guides with me on the road. The uh, t- television does have a uh, you know a guide button that you can press, which is pretty neat. Uh, although I don't know what's going on with direct TV, but like this hotel room, uh, you know, direct TV on the television doesn't have NBC. I've been to other ones where it doesn't have Fox. I know it's not a direct TV thing. I know it's the, the network thing, but like, what's the, what's the situation? What's the deal? Why do we casually just like not have uh, a network? Um, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I don't really understand. Uh, if anybody has any insights, please let us know because uh, I don't really get it. I don't understand. Aren't all TVs supposed to have networks regardless of if, if you have a cable package or not? Can someone explain to us, please, and thank you. All right, let's um, let's check in a football score because, you know, normally I would have this. Uh, it's 
it's 5.30, and there's already a football game on, which is just nuts. I don't know how you West Coasters do it. Uh, but I'm checking the score of this Baltimore-New England game, which is a, a fantastic game. Uh, and normally I would, you know, just have it on the TV on mute. But because this television doesn't get NBC, we got we to gotta go to the computer. And we all know I'm not good at multitasking. So let's finish these ads so we can get back to the spookiness. Uh, cuts by Q. Bob and Weave, we all know the hairstyle, and we all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, just a little different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, and Chicago land. From beehives to bangs, faux hawks to flat tops and everything in between, just call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200 or you could... Uh, Email us. Yeah, I, I would thought there was going to be a website, but no, it's an email. Uh, it's the first time I've ever read this ad, so give, uh, cut me some slack. Uh, or email cutsbyq at yahoo.com. Again, that's cuts, Q-U-T-Z, by q at yahoo.com. You know the song, sing with us at home. Oh, and you need a fresh do, something snappy and new. Just call the experts at Cuts by Q. Nice. Okay, 10 to 0 Ravens. Beating the Patriots. Hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty exciting. Good for those guys. Mark Jackson already killing it. Jeez. Thought that New England defense was supposed to shut him down. Apparently not. Apparently not. Uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. Okay, let's get back to the list here. We have four more horror movies. I'm going to give them to you fairly quick. Uh, do some elaborating and elaboration. Uh, but uh, we're already you know close to the half hour mark here, so we'll we'll start to wrap it up. Uh, so the, the one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's the one on this list that is not you know a huge blockbuster. Uh, I'm not certain that a ton of people have seen it, but you absolutely should. Uh, it's called Prisoners, and it's from 2013. It's a film by Denis Villeneuve, who. If you're not a big film buff, you probably don't know the name off the top of your head, but you've definitely seen some of his movies. Uh, he has done the new Blade Runner. He um, is doing Dune, which comes out in 2020, I think. Uh, he did Enemy with the uh, really trippy Jake Gyllenhaal movie, which a lot of people love. I struggle a little bit more with that one. Uh, his his two probably best-known um films would be sicario which i love um uh, i never saw the sequel and don't want to because it's not a denis villeneuve project but sicario with emily blunt javier bardem and josh brolin I, it's a killer cast right um it's not javier bardem it's benicio del toro uh i get those two guys mixed up even though i i get it they're completely different they don't look alike at all but i just i struggle sometimes uh and then he also did arrival which got a lot of Oscar buzz, right? Amy Adams was nominated, uh, I think. Um, is that Jeremy Renner was in that? He wasn't nominated for that, I don't think. But Denis Villeneuve was nominated for Best Director. I'm sure it's nominated for a lot of stuff. Best Picture got nominated for. Uh, so that's Denis Villeneuve. Well, he did Prisoners, which is Hugh Jackman and Terrence Howard and Jake Gyllenhaal and Paul Dano. Killer cast, right? Uh, absolutely. And it's about abduction and there's some torture. Um, and it's just basically at its core, what at, you know, how far lengths will you go, um, 
human versus human to get your family back. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a thriller movie. It's like a core thriller movie, but it's pretty extreme. Um, and it really, um, not, not, it didn't like mess me up, but I just remember watching and just feeling like, holy cow. And then the ending, fantastic. No spoilers here. Um, but one of those uh, one of those endings like Inception or something where it's unclear as to what it actually is or like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, this is not as abstract as either of those two. It's more straightforward um, in how it's portrayed, but it still leaves you um, wondering what exactly happened. And it's it's amazing. The whole movie is like that in a ways. Uh, it's never it never comes out and tells you. Um, this is how this is happening, and so this is going to happen. It's uh, You have to watch it if you've never seen it and you're looking for a fantastic two-hour thriller that it's going to leave you entertained from start to finish with an amazing cast, fantastic direction, um, and a film without really any good guy, purely good guys or purely bad guys, a lot of uh, character ambiguity, Prisoners. Go check it out. If you like Hugh Jackman, you like Paul Dano, you like Hall. Uh, it's yeah, phew, man, it's good. Um, okay, moving ahead here. Could not do this list without having at least one Stephen King. The question was, which one do I pick? Uh, the, I think the obvious choice is The Shining. And yes, I remember watching that as a kid, and that one messed me up quite a bit, especially just like the dream sequences um, with the the naked grandma and the twins and the uh what is it a dog uh given a blowjob like or is that bear what is it I, I know exactly what it looks like i don't know what it's supposed to be um it's pretty that's a pretty damn disturbing movie but i went with a little dark horse pick here um and it's a, a combination here because i think it's king's scariest book his scariest novel which is definitely uh people are going to disagree with me on this um but the movie adaptation is amazing as well it's misery James Kahn, Kathy Bates, uh, from what, the, the late 80s, something like that. Let's check the year on Misery. Uh, if you don't know this, the premise of the film, basically there's this alcoholic writer, 1990, um, the, the novel's 87. There's this alcoholic writer in the movie portrayed by James Kahn who's driving uh, through the mountains in Colorado, gets into a car accident, is found by this... Uh, Slightly uh, a little crazy lady, played by, played by Kathy Bates in the film, who is a big fan of this author, but not a big fan of uh, where his uh, sort of this book series uh, is going that he's writing. And so she wants him to make some adjustments. And let's just say uh, things get a little spooky from there. And you want to talk about violence. Um, boy. There's one particularly gruesome scene in this movie, and the book is way worse. Um, worse in, in that it's extreme, uh, not, not in that its quality is worse. Um, the book really plays up the whole drug, drug addict. Um, I don't, he's not alcoholic. He's, he's addicted to painkillers, I think is what it is. And they really play that up in the book. Um, and the the scene, and if you know Misery, you know the scene I'm talking about, the, the particularly gruesome scene, is way worse in the book. I remember I was at um, I was at a Hassan, Hassan Minaj a stand-up show, 
And before he came out, I'm sitting there in the audience reading my book. And of course, I get to that one scene. And I just remember finishing it uh, right before Hassan came out and just feeling like extremely nauseous, like 50-50, not sure if I'm going to puke or not. Uh, thankfully, I started laughing and I was good. And I didn't puke till after. So it was, you know, happy ending. Uh, but that's misery. If you don't know it, oh, you got to, you know, if you have the time, absolutely read the book. Because it is better. Um, well, I, I, I don't want to say it's better than a movie. It's a more extreme as a different experience. Um, I think it's fantastic. Absolutely worth checking out. Uh, okay, number five on the list here is a film classic. Sigourney Weaver has made a lot of money off of it. No, it's not Holes. It's Alien. So Alien and Alien 2 both get a lot of... Um, high marks, but for completely different reasons, right? Alien 2 is a pure action movie. Feels like a little bit like Predator, you know, big guns, uh, big army guys going in there to F shit up. Um, I, I abbreviated one swear word and just said the other one. Uh, but Alien, the original, is a, and a lot of people forget this, it's a pure horror movie. Uh, it's not really action. It starts off really slow. Alien takes about 20 minutes, 25 minutes to get going. Um, and then the rest of the movie is just pick them off one by one um, type of stuff and a very scary ending as well. Love Alien. Big fan. Um, I don't want to call it predictable uh, and say that's a, a downside because it, it was a wholly original film when it came out. Now, if you watch it, you're like, oh, I know where this is going. And I think it might be less scary because of what we're used to now. Um, but at the time, as far as thriller horrors go, man, that was good. James Cameron, before he really fell off the deep end. Is that James Cameron or Ridley Scott? Alien is, uh, is it both of them? It's definitely one or the other. Let's check it out. Um, so it's from 1979. It's directed by Ridley Scott. Is James Cameron involved with it at all? Or is James Cameron not an alien guy at all? No, he did Aliens. I, did I call it Aliens 2? Alien, Aliens, and Alien 3. That's kind of confusing. Was James Cameron involved in the original Alien? Let's, uh, doesn't seem like it. Although, you know, with a name like James Cameron, you're always involved. Um, yeah, it's so good. If you haven't seen it, it's not one of those, you know, movies where people, you know, hype it up and it's like, ah, uh, well, is it actually really like it? No, like this is the OG. Um, both Alien and Aliens, like Terminator and T2, um, are ones that you have to see. And even the, um, you know, some of the sequels have been solid. I'm looking at all the, um, all the Alien films right now. So Alien is great. Aliens is also amazing just for completely different reasons. Alien 3 is not that good. Still fun, though. Um, I have never seen Alien Resurrection. It's from 1997. I don't know anything about it. I'm guessing it didn't get much for critical reception. Um, I also never saw Prometheus. It was, you know, seemed like a really cool concept, and I do like Michael Fassbender. Um and it, it's one of those movies where, you know, some people really like it. Some people really hate it. But at the end of the day, it created a lot of buzz and res or like discussion. I did see Alien Covenant, which is 
not like a direct sequel to Prometheus, I don't think, but builds off of the world created in that movie. And those two are both um, prequels to the original movie. Um, I did like Alien Covenant quite a bit, um, largely for Michael Fassbender's performance. Maybe I'll see Prometheus one of these days. I don't know. It was good. Um, Alien, check it out. As well as Aliens and maybe the prequels as well. Okay, last one, and then we're going to finish up here. And this is another movie that, like Prisoners, is not a horror movie. This is very much an action movie. It's the one definitely action movie, action adventure I have. Um, and, and people who know the franchise well will know exactly what I'm talking about uh, when I throw this name out there. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. When I saw this, you know, my, my dad, my mom showed us Indiana Jones when we were little kids. You know, I probably first saw Temple of Doom when I was like five or six. Uh, Temple of Doom is 1984, right? I always try to gauge or fit my years for Indiana Jones based off of um, Star Wars. So, you know, Star Wars is 77. Raiders is 80. And then Empire is 81, Return of the Jedi is 83, Temple of Doom is 84, and I always remember that Last Crusade is 89 because that's the year my brother was born. Um, I think that's right. Someone can check me on my math if they want because maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but Temple of Doom, if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The whole man, the whole second act uh bleeding into the third act before you know the, the the opening act really isn't that scary it's kind of you know similar to raiders um the second act though is just like what a wtf man and this is scary stuff um and the soundtrack like john williams killed it uh but this adds you know people just focus on the whole heart scene yada 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 yeah that's scary but uh, the the music adds to it so much uh it is freaky deaky on a scale of one to ten it is freaky as hell um and that's i mean that's like the scene um the rest of it isn't necessarily that horrifying um across the board but i mean the the pink up palace scene where they're eating the the dinner table is very unsettling um, the heart scene, obviously, very unsettling. Uh, and then just the whole kind of atmosphere with the stones and the thuggy people and the cults uh, and the worship scenes and it's and the child slaves. It's just like, I mean, watching it, if I watch it now as a 24-year-old, I'm like, all right, I mean, that's kind of some weird shit, but like, all right, whatever. Uh, but when you see that movie and you're like five it's oh man that will mess you up for a while kalima okay uh there's my list again if you want uh the full list here i'll give them to you right now so we and these were just six movies that scared me quite a bit when i was a kid we have the exorcist we have psycho we have prisoners we have misery alien and temple of doom all classic films all films i recommend without hesitation please go watch those if you haven't seen any of them or excuse me if you haven't seen one of them and you're just looking for 
the type of movie that's going to engage you from start to finish, uh, be very entertaining, and it's also going to spook you out a little bit. Um, those are six good movies for that right there. And I can make a list of 50 movies, but um, no one wants to hear that, and I don't want to produce that. So that's just a little sampling uh, of six movies that really spooked me out when I was younger. Uh, okay, that's what we got for you. Uh, I'm working in Oregon Going to Boston later uh, this week. City without a nickname, so that should be fun. Uh, and then we'll be back in Chicago next weekend for a podcast. And then got one more trip back to D.C. I Don't take me back to gate 35X at Reagan. And don't put me on that bus again because that, that was I'll – just, I'll just rent a car and drive home. How is that? Um, okay, that's, that's what we had for you, everyone. Have a good week. Hope you have. Uh, uh, hope you're getting some nice fall weather wherever, wherever, not wherever, wherever you are at. Uh, Quinn's got to find some supper here. Daylight savings time end or ended. It's it got dark at about 2 p.m. here. You're also further north, uh, so I, maybe we'll see some aurora borealis. I we got options. I'll keep you posted. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Check in on you next time.